strung. Got myself a nice fucking nose and mouth full of pollen on my run today. Yeah, man. It's the leaky season, baby. I'm down. Let's go. Let's get weird. I was just running before this anyway. It's my ritual. I like to like listen to who we're going to talk to during the workout before we do this. It's been a fun I did the same thing, I, and I, I rediscovered an album that I really enjoyed when it came out, and that has a whole lot of repeat power. Yeah, I um, was going to say that I remember being slightly underwhelmed when I first listened to it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retract this statement, because the more I listen to it, especially today, it's been probably a few months, and it yeah. was, I loved it. Like, I loved it like 10 times more than I first heard it. I think when they when they first um, got signed to Relapse, there was a whole lot of talk about sort of it, it, it just it just seemed like they were kind of getting lumped in with the old school revival a little bit. But uh, yeah. I, I, and so they, they got kind of drowned out in that, I think. But if you listen to that record, um, there's a whole lot more going on than just sort of like the standard rehashing of like the old demo days like there's some really interesting changes. There's a whole lot of cool combinations of styles that they've got going on in there. So yeah, man. very, it's a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff to be gained when you listen to it over and over again. Yeah. Good for, good for the old cardio sesh too. I found myself like, ah. getting in the groove. Yeah. yeah. And their, uh, their live record I checked out too. Yeah. It's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. It's like that old school death metal club vibe, St. Vitus bar, you know, miss being a yeah, show. Man. So I, uh, I would like to see a show at St. Vitus Bar one day, just because I've seen a million of them on YouTube videos. Yeah. That's one of those places that's like not real to me. Like it's a, it's a television invention or something, just because I've only ever seen it uh, through a screen or like referred to. Yeah, I, uh, I felt the same way. I was only there one time, um, just on a, random, on a random trip to New York. The, just you know, happened to line up with the days I was there. Nobody, there was just nobody notable. I totally forget who was even there, or who I even saw. I was like a no name, whatever punk band. But uh, it was just sick to be there. The atmosphere is fucking awesome. So yeah, one day we'll make it there, bro. One of these days, dude. I'm counting on it. Me we'll, and have you. To, we'll have a lips and riffs podcast backstage at St. Vitus. That's fucking tight. Speaking that of would sense. be cool. Lifts and riffs on location. One day. It almost happened before before COVID. I was, uh, I was did, gonna, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, it'll it'll come back. Yeah, those uh those days are those days are fast approaching. I um am currently I as of Monday I became eligible to get the COVID nineteen vaccine, and I am currently in the process. Me and my wife are currently in the process of running down appointments. Which would you believe that it's kind of hard to get one? It's impossible um, to get one up here for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's um. Some hoops to jump through, but I think that we're gonna we're gonna try and get it done as soon as possible. But of course, we're not the only ones who have that idea. Um, yeah, for sure, everybody wants to get back to get back to normal, whatever the fuck that means, um, between now and summer. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. See what happens. Speaking of Saint Vitus, though, yeah, Saint Vitus Dance Volume Four box Thank set. You. Come on, yeah. tell me it's the it's. Uh, I almost cried. I think I spent all day Sunday just digging into it. Nice box. It was amazing. Reminded me. I've got so yeah yeah. You like my uh yeah. my Black Sabbath World Tour 1977 shirt. Way colorful um, for you. It is man. Typically, I'm a black shirt kind of guy. But if you yeah. make 
if you make a shirt in a different color and I like the band, I will buy that shit. I've got a pink fluids shirt. Um, I got a couple of yellow ones. I'm, uh, you know, I'll, I'll branch out a little bit as long as it's some shit that I like. Regarding volume four, yeah. I got a whole lot to say, man. I um, can't wait. Yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about that on Sunday, are we not? Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. So we'll say yes. it right here for everybody. You best tune in to the Sabbath Sunday Iron Worship podcast because it's going to be a big one. It is, man. It's yes. a, a record like I, I think that sort of rediscovering it in this way has actually moved it a couple of rungs higher on my on my list of Sabbath favorites. And, you know, Under the Sun is is has always been one of my favorite Sabbath songs. I think it's one of the heaviest songs, one of the heaviest riffs Tony Iommi ever wrote. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of cool, interesting alternative shit included with the box set that uh, that was really eye opening and really cool for me. So I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, me either. We'll, we'll save that all for Sunday because we could have a easily 25 minute derail conversation about that but i will right, say easily. it made me like it a whole lot more than i did and i held it in very high regard to begin with exactly exactly that new the remaster well we'll uh, yeah. See? yeah 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 we're done we're done we're, done. we're, we're sunday gonna, everybody we're not going to talk about it anymore no more sabbath till the end of this till the end of the show then he'll say right. volume four what are the odds that his favorite records volume four at the end of this I would say one out of 13. Yeah, you're right. True. True. <laughs> yes. Instead of talking about Black Sabbath, let's hit this intro, motherfuckers. It's Welcome. time for the intro. Welcome to Lifts and Riffs. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back. I am Zach from Death Comes Lifting, and with me I have my brother. I'm Schuler from Death Drive 90.5, Death Metal Radio the university of south carolina and we are jazzed as fuck to be doing this show today we have a guest who we are very very excited to talk to he is the singer of the band outer heaven their debut record realms of eternal decay their debut full length i should say came out on relapse a few years ago they are currently in the process of wrapping up their new record the gentleman we're talking to, his name is Austin Haynes. We've had a few conversations over the Instagrams. Seems like a super cool dude. Definitely a fan of his music. Very much looking forward to talking to the guy. And as if on cue, my man is knocking at the door. Let's bring that motherfucker in. Bring him in. Was, we're bringing him in. The planets have aligned. Outer heaven is opened. And what's going to be trickling down? There we go. Austin. There he is. There he is. Hello. What's Let's up, man? Hey, hear me all right? We can. We can hear you good. How are you? Can you hear us? I can. I'm on the AirPods. On the we'll AirPods. See. Embracing yeah. technology. That's what's up, man. <laughs> yes, sir. How you guys doing? Good, brother. Doing good. I, I'm Schuler. I'm the guy that you've been talking to on the, uh, on the old Instagrams. And here with me today is Zach from Death Comes Lifting. What's up, bro? Yes. Nice. Thank you. I guess. Of course. Yeah, I caught uh, a little bit of your live stream on Instagram last night uh, when you were oh, doing my. the radio show. Yep. <laughs> yeah. How'd that fun. go? For, how'd that go for you? The uh, the comment section is interesting from a couple yeah. guys, but uh, yeah, the, uh, most of my audience is like fifteen. Um, <laughs> so there's it's there's a learning curve for everybody because I sure. I sometimes end up like putting my foot in my mouth and then every now and then I'll, I'll get an opinion from one of them that I do my best to to respect and validate but at the same time I just sure. feel like what the 
fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you have to, man. Younger yeah. kids, too. I mean, they're obviously I... into metal if yes. they're on your live stream. It's a start, you know? It is. Well, that's the thing that's cool, man, is that I like, I, I want to be sort of that welcoming emissary into what can be, you know, death metal and, and heavy music and hardcore, a, a lot of times I think can be a little bit intimidating from the outside. And what I hope to do is is to make an environment on the radio show that's like welcoming and it's inclusive. And so far, I think that we've done a pretty decent job of that. You know, every now and then somebody will come in there acting like an asshole, but you know. We hey, we deal with the it, territory. We deal with it diplomatically. I, man, I gotta compliment you on your hat. Is that the that's the old school that's Cannibal it. Corpse logo on yeah, that fucking hat? I right had there. to. I made this hat with my own two hands. No, no shit. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find one uh, in the world so, oh, with this logo, so I just yeah, made it. The old logo. It's it's hard to find shit with the old logo on it. That's not a boot, yeah. or that's not that somebody hasn't pre-owned and just worn to death. There's um, the guys that'll make fun of you if you wear the new logo. I remember I wore a, I saw a cannibal on some tour with, might've been on tour with Behemoth or something at a point. And I had gotten a tomb and mutilated shirt that they were selling on that tour with the new logo. Uh, and I, we did a tour with, with the band Full of Hell. Yeah. Um, and I wore that shirt on one of the dates and they were all making fun of me because I was wearing a new logo not an old look. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up, man. The 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 ribbing and the ball busting of the metal community on on display. Fucking I we I, I think the last like three of these podcasts we've gone off on cannibal corpse tirades. So if that oh, happens wow. today, I'm totally fine with it. We're huge fans. We are. We're very huge fans. Speaking of being huge fans, we are both big, big fans of Outer Heaven, man. We're super glad that you were able to stop by and talk to us today. Uh, Realms of Eternal Decay was huge for both of us. I love you guys. Uh, the EP that came out before that, that fucking flexi track. Um, oh, yeah. Thank very, you. Very multifaceted band. You get a whole lot going on. There's obviously sort of the old school vibes, but there's some like weird angular mathy stuff going on from time to time. Feels like there's some hardcore influence in there too. Um, I understand that you guys are on the cusp of doing a new record, of releasing a yes, new sir. record. It would be fucking awesome if you wanted to talk about that with us. Sure. I can touch on a couple of those points. Uh, the, your first point about uh, kind of the more technical side of our music, as well as some of the har more hardcore influences. Uh, we've been a band for quite a while, yeah. um, but we there's a there's there's a long lineage in this band and a lot that goes to it. I, I, I mean, if you uh, I mean, if you could indulge me, I could give you the long Please. form. The, Dude, let's do it. When we this band and especially my time in music started with another band. Uh, which I'm sure everybody is mostly familiar with, a band called Rivers of Nile. Uh, yes. Huge, huge band, you know. Uh, I went to high school with a lot of those guys, um, and I spent a lot of my younger years touring with them, uh, even after their Metal Blade signing. And our guitar player, John, uh, is the original guitar player of Rivers of Nile. So... You could see where maybe some of our more technical stuff shines through having been in a band like that on his end. Um, 
I toured with those guys and with John, our guitar player for a long time. And I did tons and tons of tours with them um, for a number of years with a lot of good bands. We did tours with Dying Fetus, Exhumed, you know, all kinds of shit like that. Broken Hope. Um, and it was a good time. They were getting around the time of their second album and they were kind of shifting into an even more technical sound. And John, who was our guitar player, uh, wasn't really loving it. So we, he wanted to take his riffs that he was going to use in Rivers. And we started Outer Heaven on the side. And we were doing Outer Heaven on the side of Rivers for a number of years, two or yeah. three years. And since John and I were both away on tour a lot with Rivers, we would only be able to play with Outer Heaven in the time between tours and stuff like that. So recording, playing shows. So basically the first two or three years of Outer Heaven were a less than part-time effort. Um, and then when he quit Rivers, we saw the opportunity to, you know, take on more responsibility with the other man with Outer Heaven. So, um, that was when right around that time is when we would have put out the EP, the Diabolus EP. And basically from there, we just played and played and played and played and we played everywhere we could, whenever we could. And that eventually, you know, lost some members, gained some members. And, you know, for about three or four years, we were writing realms uh, and it was just John. We only ever had one guitar player up until the time that we basically released realms. Um, and it was mostly John. And then we had Zach, who was now our, he was our bass player. And then we put him on second guitar and we got a bass player. We kind of cycled through where we live. There's not a lot of players. So, you know, you really have to find someone who's serious and isn't in five other bands or anything. Cause we live in Pennsylvania, but we live like 45 minutes outside of the city of Philadelphia where it's like the woods. Yeah. So, you know, there's not a lot out here, but basically that's what led up to, realms just a lot of kind of randomness in and out of tours with other bands stuff like that um and then when we started and we wanted to play shows philadelphia is huge for hardcore music so if you wanted to play shows in the city of philadelphia you basically could play with hardcore bands so we played a lot of shows in our early days with mostly all, all hardcore bands um, which we definitely have a respect for. Obviously, we don't play hardcore music, but you can taste it in some of the stuff that we write in, you know, at its core. But that's kind of where that element comes in. And then over the last few years, as metal and especially death metal got a lot bigger in Philadelphia, you know, and in some of the surrounding states, that gave us a good opportunity to get more into that realm of metal and playing shows with those kind of bands. You know, and then we started touring with those kind of bands, et cetera. But that's kind of the, the short history to where we are now. Uh, speaking on the new album, um, I'm trying to think what I can and can't say about it. The, it, I, I can say this. I, on, on Realms, I created a, a pretty deep narrative and a pretty deep story. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. Is that, are you, go, go ahead, go ahead. We'll see. We could touch on it after this next point, which would be that the next album is going to serve as a prequel to Realms and in, in bringing in the narrative, expanding on the narrative from Realms 
in what was happening before the events of realms and that's going to be tied into the artwork and the lyrics and the song titles and the sound and everything it's going to be a huge i always had this this vision of doing three records that all tied in into one major package and major story and it's definitely shaping up to be that on this next record this next record would be a prequel and then my hopes is that the third record would be a sequel to realms so that we can have the full one two three lineage but what we have so far is pretty out there and we actually just last night got an email um of an early early draft of our album art for yeah. the new album that is fucking unbelievable so it's going to be pretty wild i think it's Thanks. new track the new, new record will be 11 tracks so we're going to take it out there from the last one. It's about, I mean, as it stands, it might be like 45 minutes. Nice. Um, so it's, it, it definitely, you know, trumps our last record uh, in terms of length and bulk. And the songwriting is out of control because when it came to writing this new record, we had two guitar players, full-time guitar players, and the mix of their styles just became something like totally out of control in writing this new record. That is that like that's it is interesting and it's always exciting to think about the fusion of of sort of a new writing team coming together, especially when you've got the sound I think that is that is so eclectic that you guys have anyway with with the style that you already have. Um, sure. So now hearing two different people contributing, I think is going to be really cool. With um, with death metal lyrics, so you know I, I'm a I'm a big big death metal guy. I've been listening to a whole lot of different death metal bands for a really long time, and one of the the lyrical style that has always captivated me most is the narrative style. I, I really think that that death metal is has such an amazing potential for narrative storytelling um, within it, and I and and there are bands who do that. There are lyricists who do that. Trevor Sternad from Black Belly Murder is an excellent example. Uh, Jr. from Pig Destroyer. Um, really great storytellers. And one of the things that you notice if you get into you know the outer heaven lyrics specifically on realms of eternal decay you start noticing that like one one song will you know the last line in one song is the beginning is the title of the next song and that was the yeah. that was when i started paying attention like i was like there's a fucking story coming together here man and well that's what you noticed yeah <laughs> well you you say you, you know you say that you had this grand vision for for a, a three album span or whatever but what sort of like, what can you tell us about the story that's not really evident in the lyrics? Or is that the kind of thing that you want to talk about? Or do you want to leave some mystery there? Like, how do you feel about, about the story that's out there that you've, that you've given us? Talking, talking about realms specifically or uh, the yeah, new one? Well, you could, I mean, maybe begin with realms since that's what, we're, that's what we're familiar with. And then if you mm -hmm. feel like it or if you can, you know, sort of where that fits into the, you know, the, the prequel that you're setting up with the next record and then maybe potentially where the third one would go. Sure. Um, with the story on realms, it kind of spawned from a, it's kind of almost like a joke. It was a, Hey guys, I, I don't, I'm trying to figure out some ideas for this album, throw something at me that you think it would be cool. And they kept throwing all these dumb things at me as jokes. And I, one actually, caught on uh which was you know and i gotta think back now to the last record but it was something called the stoned ape theory 
and it's yes. you know it's 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 a lot of people are familiar with it and that's yeah. kind of what spawned the the initial thinking of the album and i really like the idea that i i really like the larger than life psychedelic aspects of it and i always and i also really liked fusing a more sci-fi feel with an organic feel or like yeah. a you know, like on the cover of Realms, there's like a lot of like growth and like bacterial this and zombie-ish that, you yeah. know, there's a lot of it. And it, and, and I wish I could say more about the second album. There's a, it, there's a big part of it, especially when it comes to the art, that's going to be like, if it works out, we'll be like absolutely nuts. So okay. I'm trying to, I'd love to talk about it because I'm really excited about it, but I think it's something that when people figure it out, it'll like be mind blowing. So I'm trying to, you know, I, I think it'll be better kept as a secret, but it, the, the, the new album art will play to the last record a hundred percent. You know, it's going to be an absolute continuation of that. Um, just with even bigger and crazier ideas than before. I, I feel like I was even a little less experienced at the time of realms than i am now i feel a lot more confident now having had the time outer heaven is the first band i've ever been in so i never wrote a lyric or wrote a song for this band and it so it was you know by the time realms came out we had had a demo and an ep singles and that was a learning curve so realms was like my biggest thing to tackle to that point now I've had all this time to learn what I did on realms that I like that I didn't like and what I could do better. And also with these songs, they're so more complete and fat, you know, there's blasting in the realm of like 240 on like basically every single song, like on the new record. It's just like, like it's, it's, it's super thrashy on basically every track but it's heavy, like all our influences, Cannibal and Morbid, you know, two of our big ones. But we also have some, you know, some weirder stuff. We have a instrument, basically an instrumental track on the new record um, that is like a continuation of a song. There's a lot of stuff. And it, fair, it's, man. all these ideas that we were working with, you know, I, I'm sitting in a room right now full of all like equipment that we use to write interludes or atmospheric stuff for this new record you know that's like it's just like compounding and compounding on all the ideas that we had for this album that i'm really psyched for i think this is going to be like the pinnacle of our existence as a band when this album comes out damn and so what we're sold what's the, <laughs> yeah we're sold like so, what's uh, the is there a timeline yet can you can you talk about that I can say that a couple of different things happened. We last year in 2020, we had like a million tours set up and stuff. We canceled tours with Demolic. We canceled like huge US oh, tours. Man. We had a huge tour lined up that never even got announced. That was uh, it was going to be uh, it was going to be Creeping Death, Frozen Soul, us, the band Ulthar from California. If you're familiar oh, yes. with them, yes. Um, and that band Red Death, who I don't think are a band anymore. Um, but it was going to be this big, like metal thrashy thing. 
and it was supposed to be a full U.S. tour that got canceled. And we even had um, we're talking about doing a Euro tour with Blood Incantation and Gate Creeper. That was supposed to be the end of last year. Know that obviously. So we lost a lot of that. But in a way, it was nice because I it's taken us a bit of time to write this new record. And with all that touring, I don't know how far behind we would have been on writing because even as it sits now, the record is done. It's written. We're just fine tuning it. We get together and we practice the album top to bottom multiple times at every practice. And we just play it, play it, play it, play it. We're trying to drill it in. And then, you know, there's lots of leads to be written and all kinds of stuff. Um, My guess would be, and this is just a guess, we would start recording the album by May. Um, the way timelines are, every band on the planet is trying to write and record music right now. So getting yeah. into studios, getting your album mixed, getting your album art done is like a huge task. The guy who's doing our album art, I won't say who, but he was booked out so far. I had a Zoom call with him back in November and he just started doing the sketch on our art uh, over the last like two weeks. So it's, I would get, you know, I can't say for sure when it would come out, you know, because Relapse doesn't like to release records at the end of the year. They won't do like November or December. So if it doesn't come out by October, then it won't be till next year. But we do have something that I can speak to, which is that uh, last year in 2020 was the 30th anniversary of Relapse. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the year, um, we had gotten an email from Rennie, who is like, he runs the office of Relapse, which is like very close to here. Um, and he said, it's our 30th year. If anybody has anything cool they want to do or they have any ideas, let us know. So I actually came up with a, what I thought was a pretty cool idea at the time, um, which was to go back through the entire catalog of Relapse bands or bands that Relapse has worked with, uh, pick five songs and record covers of them and release them on relapse. And what had happened was the COVID thing happened and we didn't practice for like a couple months. Uh, And then by the time we had gotten comfortable practicing again, we started working on those cover songs. We ended up picking four songs from relapse. And then there was a fifth song um, that wasn't from relapse, but we just decided to record it with the others anyway. And we recorded those maybe back in July. And we handed them into Relapse and Relapse wanted to put them out on vinyl when we had, I had this great album art done and everything, 12 inch vinyl, just like a special edition thing with these cover tracks. And then I felt like we were getting close to finishing the album. So I emailed them and they wanted to put that on the back burner for the new album. And I was like, okay, fine. Then we ended up taking like months and months and months more writing the album. So they said, well, let's circle back to the covers thing. So the last time I spoke with them an email which was just like last week they the 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 goal was to put that out this year uh by the summertime so it's something to hold people over until the album the new album yeah um but it's cool it's kind of just like a tribute thing um and i think we picked some cool bands and we ended up putting all five tracks onto the onto the vinyl uh, so the four relapse bands from the roster and then one that's not. That's awesome. Like that's, I feel like one of the things that I thought was super fucking cool was like, this has been like 15 years ago now. I'm I'm 37. I grew up in the nineties and I grew up in the woods, I guess, kind of like you. 
and a lot of a lot of the shit the heavy music that made its way to me only made its way to me because it was commercially popular and so one of my favorite labels was roadrunner records and it's mm-hmm. i still love a lot of old roadrunner bands um, but that that project, the Roadrunner United thing, where they got together to celebrate their 25th anniversary and have a bunch of people come together and sort of write different songs. I thought that was super cool. Yeah. And I, I realized that this is not quite the same thing, but I do I do think it's awesome when a label like Relapse, you know, has such this has such a grand like tradition of of amazing bands that cover a whole lot of territory too you know relapse is not just a fucking death metal label um so to think about you know bands like you guys who are currently on top of the relapse roster um going back and sort of looking through that lineage and trying to find something cool to put your own twist on like that's fucking awesome dude i I would buy like an entire series of 12 inches with that on there I think that's kind of one of the, that was one of our big things when we got, when relapse approached us was that the fact that we had been such big fans, you know, it's a different story. If a label like century media or something approached us where they have good bands, but it's not as the lineage on the label isn't as eclectic as, you know, a label like relapse. I enjoy, some people don't like that about relapse is that they they bounce around into different genres. I enjoy it because it shows they that they like to work with bands, not just with metal bands. Yeah. They they like music, and I've been I've been you know party to discussions in the relapse office about new bands that they think they might want to work with. And they always tell us if you ever see a band that you think is worth mentioning, send us their info, send us their links. And I've sent many, many bands to them over the years. If you know the band Fuming Mouth, yeah, I was this close to having Fuming Mouth signed at Relapse. I was about, they were, they were right on the cusp. And it was just, I, I put on for Fuming Mouth for a long time. We did tours with Fuming Mouth. Yeah. I way, way back, uh, Mark is the singer and the guitar player, basically like the mind of Fuming Mouth. He was, we did a tour with Gate Creeper once, went before, Gate Creeper was big before we had anything going for us. And Mark just decided to hop in with them in their van. And he just did a couple of shows around the tri-state with Gate Creeper and with us. And that's how I met Mark and his band Fuming Mouth. And it just became like such good friends, a good, such a good friend situation with them. And I really, he sent me a copy of their new album before any, they released it, the Grand Descent or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, guys, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Like, this is like what you need to do. With a relapse has this thing where they're so good. They have like a built-in audience. So it's like, if you, if pe- there are people who will listen to it just because relapse, they got an email from relapse showing that Fuming Mouth has a record coming out on relapse. And I knew this built-in audience was going to be so good for them. And I was pushing so hard to have them signed on relapse and so, so close, but they had so many big releases at the time that they were like, yeah, it's not a good time to push a new band. Blah, blah blah, you know, and I, I get it. I mean, it's business, but sure. I they they you know they landed on their feet fine. So yeah, you, know, I, you, could, you could say but, that. <laughs> it's stuff like that, you know, that I, I pre at least appreciate relapse that they would let bands on the label even come to the table with new music, yeah. you know, and at least give it a shot, which well, I do. That, appreciate. I mean- one of the things about you know it is an eclectic label and they definitely do stray from the from the heavy path but at the same time it feels like it's very pure like i think 
none of those you can't look at relapse and be like okay they signed uh nothing so they would be like a big radio band or mm-hmm. you can't look at them and be like this fucking zombie you know uh, uh like synth album or whatever it, it seems like they're they just they look at something and they say to themselves this is cool or they say to themselves we've worked with the people who created this kind this this music we've worked with them in other capacities before so we trust them sure. and we like them like mm-hmm. I really, I like that dynamic. It feels very genuine. Um, I agree. And so even if they put out, you know, shit that I don't care for, um, it's still cool. Like I still trust Relapse. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that, uh, that's definitely, I, like I'm part of that built-in audience. If I get mm-hmm. an email from them or whatever, I, I might not end up buying it, but I'll listen to that shit immediately. Sure. And that's, how, you know, that's how you find new stuff because, because of the, you know, eclectic nature of the label it's something you might not have ever heard of otherwise if you know they got signed to a of a band like nothing for for instance got signed to a label that was more traditionally their style you might never have even you know crossed paths with it necessarily and that's you know it's just a weird thing like that and that's why i you know i do appreciate the label for that reason plus everything they've done for us you know Well, so one of the things that I'm curious about, we've talked a little bit about, you mentioned some influences, some band influences, um, and it's it's really cool to look at the music writers and see how they're sort of filtering their influences through them. But you as a vocalist, I mean, we can look at your your delivery, your style, and sort of look at the school that you're pulling from. I hear like a lot of Frank Mullen in there, which is a fucking high compliment. I hope that you take it that way. Um, so one of the one of the things that I am curious about is where you're pulling from regarding, you know, the writing that you do, like what, uh, what are some storytellers that you look to where, where do you get your inspiration for writing sort of outside of music or, or anything like that? Like you talked about the stone day mm-hmm. theory, which I think is pretty tight. That ties into the concept of, of realms of uh, eternal decay. And then, and then the expansion of that story but what are some other places that you're pulling from? What interests you? What keeps you going as a storyteller? Uh, movies and books are two huge, huge things. Movies more so. I catch a good book here and there. Comics, you know, are huge. Comics were, you know, and horror. Horror is every death metal, you know, mo- uh, vocalist thing. This room is f- filled with memorabilia. This is my, like, office room in my house where I do record all I record all the vocals on all our releases at home. I actually recorded our first two releases myself. Um, but back to your point, the we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna earmark the horror thing and come back to that. Uh, the, in in terms of my influences, you know, movies are probably one of my biggest things, um, as well as other you know other vocalists. One of the craziest you know things that I love is reading through lyrics from a band say like Demolik, um deicide i like the i like the content of Demolik with the delivery of deicide that's nice. kind of always been my thing it's D- glenn benton has a delivery and a way of you know a way with his delivery and his pattern that are like my like gold standard you know as far as my personal opinion goes yeah it's it, it's been one of my biggest things that I've, I, I didn't want, I don't want to say mimic, but it's been a big influence on me. Demolik, the delivery, not so much because that's a little more out there, you know, it's crazy. It, yeah. 
it fits with their style, but our stuff is a little more straightforward, you know, that doesn't really lend to that particular type of delivery. But I, I met a lot of great vocalists, you know, who have, have given me a lot of tips and stuff over the years, you know, just from just from shooting the shit that really resonated with me. A big one that I talked to for for a little bit of time was uh, Eric Rutan. Um, I had we had back in the Rivers days, we had Eric Rivers recorded their very first album, The Conscious Seed of Light, with Eric Rutan at Mana in Florida, and I had gone with them to do, to do that recording. And we spent a month there in St. Petersburg, Florida, recording that album. And, you know, he's a crazy guy and we hold his music, you know, in high regard. But it's, you know, Hate Eternal is one of our absolute fucking most bone crushingly obvious influences. And it's, 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 it's Hate Eternal is one of the bands that are like absolutely top tier for us. And it's, it was insane to be able to spend time with him, even at, you know, it, as it was work, as much as it was hanging out, but he's just such a crazy guy. And I remember I did have a short conversation with him, even just, you know, as a group and just talking about how he writes his music. And it was just like, so unbelievable to hear that, like from his mouth in his presence, the person who wrote and played on some of like the most influential like death metal albums to me and to so many people in his morbid time with morbid and in hate eternal, you know, ripping corpse, so many albums that are just like so huge to us. And I, I took a lot of, I took a lot away from that conversation that I had that we had with him way back when. And I always remembered that I always kind of keep that in the back of my mind. You know, it was just such a crazy time. There's so many th th crazy things I could say. He's such a, like a meticulous guy, you know, just yes. to speak, speak on him a bit. He, I remember he would, we would go into the studio and he would say, okay, for the first two hours of the day, you have to show up to the studio on time. He's very meticulous about the schedule. You show up on time, it's 9 a.m. He sits there in the studio with headphones on and he listens back to the soloed guitar tracks of anything that was recorded in the previous day. And he just sits there and he listens and he listens and he listens and he listens back and he listens back and he listens if there's anything that could be better. And he, does anything get fucked up? Do we miss anything? And he's, he's just listening with headphones and it's dead quiet in there. And he's listening back and he's listening back with headphones every single day. He did that for a month. And it's just one of those meticulous guys who cares like about the craft so much that yeah. he, he, he can't let a bad note, the cracks you know but he's a he's a crazy guy too he is from new jersey so you know jersey drivers get a bad rap you know you know fairly so and i remember his one of his other things was we absolutely stop for lunch and we absolutely stop for dinner we stop what we're doing and we eat lunch and we eat dinner this man needs to eat his lunch and dinner you know <laughs> so he so I remember one day he knows where everything is and he has the Sprinter van that he eternal tours in parked yeah. at his studio. And one day he says, let's go to Chipotle. He loves Chipotle and he always wants to go to Chipotle. And we're like, Eric, hop in the van in our van and we'll drive over. He goes, no, 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 get in my Sprinter. And this Sprinter has two seats in the front and then the back of it is all bunks. So if you want to see, I've seen the walkthrough video. It's mm -hmm. fucking awesome. But what happens is 
four of us have to get in the back and sit on the floor or on the bunks. And this man is New Jersey driving his way across the <laughs> island of St. Petersburg, Florida. And he's ripping it this way and he's ripping it fucking that way. And he's throwing me out the fucking thing. I'm on the ceiling, on the floor. Absolutely out of control, this man, with his driving. But he's a great guy. And I, I ran into him a few times. And we actually got to play with Hate Eternal a few years later with Outer Heaven, which was super cool. Um, but, you know, he's a he's a one that I definitely draw a lot from, you know, anything that has to do with Morbid. Cannibal, obviously a huge, huge, cannot be understated how big of an influence they are on a lot of bands. Yeah. A band that I a band that I absolutely love that's newer that pulls from them is Undeath. Everybody loves yeah. Undeath. The, as far yes. as as far as new bands go, Undeath is like cream of the crop for me. Uh, there's 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 a lot of bands that came out of that wave that maggot stomp wave that write decent music but undeath just like went to the next level they were just like yeah it's, we're yeah. just gonna fucking they just took it all the way and i i listened to i listened to the record so much i just love it they did, I, re, I remember the when the first demo came out i got the tape from caligari and um i i was just like this is there is it, actually it kind of reminds me of of the way that i felt about Aber the first outer heaven song that i heard was on that four-way split that you guys did with gate creeper and yeah. uh death worship yeah yeah um it's it's that there's there's clearly like that death metal the old school death metal edition there but there's other shit happening too like it seems like there's even if it's slight in the earlier days there's like a push for some kind of progression and I definitely felt that with their early shit. And then they put out that second tape and I was like, all right, this is going to be mm -hmm. fucking weird. Like whatever happens next is going to be crazy. And I was right, man, that, that full length is fucking incredible. There's a, there's something about their songwriting. That's so catchy. It's something that I don't think even we can pull off. It's there's just, they write to, in my, to me, my feeling is that they write the, the pop version of death metal. It's so, I can see that it's just catchy man it's like the, the, their songs aren't even like really extremely complex but that's to their advantage it's so to the point that it just is so easy to listen to it's so catchy everything about it sounds good the the vocal patterns are great i just that's a band that i like always praise highly because they just like did something that I felt like was so refreshing with all, with a lot of new death metal stuff, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I noticed, uh, your, your, uh, your Instagram handle is, is hate sworn. Is it not? Yes. Yeah. So I, 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 I figured that, uh, you know, listening to, uh, to, to hate eternal myself and listening to outer heaven, you could tell that there's influence there, but I, wasn't sure yeah. exactly how deep it went, but yeah, dude, well, I fucking love, the, I love them too. On the Realms album, it's there. On the new album, it is definitely there. Dude, we I, took, oh, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> we took a lot of the like dissonance, hate yeah. eternal dissonant kind of stuff, and we kind of did a little bit of that um, on a few of the tracks. That's super cool. It's kind of like a weird, morbid, hate eternal dissonant chord thing. It's. It, I'm really. I'm really excited for it. <laughs> I can tell. And like that, that I love that it does not, you know, talking to you about this, obviously you're enthusiastic about it. Um, our favorite conversations on this podcast are with musicians who are fans first. And, you know, to hear you talk about 
how enthusiastically you're into bands like Hate Eternal and Cannibal Corpse, uh, like that. That's the kind of shit that I love to see in people who are creating because that you can feel that enthusiasm, you can feel that energy in the in the music that they turn around, you know, or and are inspired by. Totally. So uh, circling back around to that xenomorph you got breaking through your wall back there. Yeah, let's chat, shall we? Let's talk about some of your uh, horror movie influences that, you know, may or may not have contributed to the lyric writing process of uh, of the new record or anything. That you sure. Did. Yeah. Obviously, Alien, that's one of my absolute biggest and most favorite. Huge. You know, this room is filled with Alien memorabilia. Got to fucking, let me see if I can pull this off the floor. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yes. Face hugger for the listeners. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, that's that's the life size face hugger. It's the I got this shit all over the house. Like, do you ever just put it on? Do you ever just sit there and wear it? I tried to put it on my dog before and see if he would let me let him wear it, but that didn't really work out too well. And that went great. I tried to do a lot of shit to my dog. He doesn't like it. <laughs> but I have it, it, a lot of sci-fi, you know, and like cosmic horror. That's like really my bag. Um, but I enjoy, you know, everything. I like anything that's weird, even when it comes to like TV and stuff that's like pseudo horror, you know, like Twin Peaks and stuff like that. It's, it's the weirdness and the, the level of, you know, out there-ness that I like stuff that if it makes no sense, I almost like it more, you know, because it, (laughs) it just, it's just so trippy to my brain to think that like, what the fuck is this? Or what the fuck are they thinking when they did this? You know, and on the flip side of that with like Alien or Aliens, you know, is just, it's taking a horror situation and putting it in a horrific place like outer space, you know, or like the Nostromo or like a planet, you know, it's, it's so crazy and it plays huge on what we do in this band, especially me, a lot of my stuff, is very like cosmic and like larger than life, you know, with feeling. So it's, I really dig a lot of that. And I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of like X-Files. The other side of the room that you can't see is the X-Files side of the room where all the X-Files stuff is. And it's, that's one of my, that was always one of my big ones. I just love the, you know, what's out there weirdness of tons of different movies and TV and shit like that. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of some more recent stuff. I think one of the most craziest things I watched recently, which is like a pseudo horror, was Psycho Gorman. Oh, yeah. That shit, seen Psycho that Gorman. shit fucking <laughs> rules. Absolutely insane. Effects, I'm in. Beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, it, it, I haven't seen so, a movie with such great practical effects in a long, long time. Yeah. Especially a movie like that, you know, seemingly low budget, but looked absolutely amazing yeah. amazing story you know so much I love, heart god damn i love that course. movie it's and it's crazy to think that given its level of gore and everything else how deep the movie like really gets yes. which is so awesome you know another movie that that i that i always love to bring up is like event horizon um in terms of like cosmic horror because it touches on a different thing not quite like creature horror you know it's more like psychological and like yeah. sci-fi sci-fi where sci-fi meets horror is like my is like where i live you know that's dude i i am the same way and like my i have conversations with my wife about it where she's like all right we're not going to watch another one of these fucking movies because a lot of my 
all of my interests like fall into this little niche of shit going wrong in space and like the best scenario that is that's the best scenario for a movie and like there are a lot of like like you said pseudo horror is is one way to put it where like there's something going on you're it's in an alien environment and it might not necessarily be scary but it is like confusing or disorienting Mm -hmm. there's a movie called um solaris that had Mm -hmm. george clooney in it Mm-hmm. Um, it was based on this, based on a novel, and I think there was another adaptation of it. Uh, Stalker is another one. I don't know if you've seen Stalker mm-hmm. before, uh, but like, yeah, they're not they're not horror movies. They're just fucking. They're very strange. But and they, they invoke take, a feeling of horror, yeah, and, and they it's, take, it's not it's not a it's not classic horror in the sense of the word, but it brings the same feeling in a different way, which I think is the you know the biggest appeal. And that's why I like, you know, what I call pseudo horror or sci-fi yeah. horror, as well as, you know, the classics. But it's everybody loves the classics. I but it's, imagine, you know. I would imagine you'd have to be a fan of Lovecraft then. Of course. Right. I got a, sta- I got a statue in here somewhere, too. I got statues of everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of like cosmic horror, I think, can be, you know, kind of attributed to him in a lot of ways. That's the blue, totally. blueprint. Blueprint yeah. for cosmic horror, H.P. Lovecraft. That's numero uno. Did you see the color out of space? I did. It was pretty yeah. crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it it, it wasn't you know, yeah, a plus, a plus, but it was sure. you know, it was solid B in my opinion, and yeah. just the, uh, I liked obviously in the second half it really went out of control and yeah. that's you know where it really picked up, but I enjoyed it a lot. I always I, I I'm pretty I'm pretty good at watching just about everything worth watching. Yeah. My wife, my wife yells at me because she doesn't know how I can sit and watch stuff all the time. And I'm, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, but it's one of my big obsessions. Movies, yeah. t- movies, TV, games. It's all, you know, it's all a big part of what I like, you know, and it ties into what I listen to, you know, and she doesn't know how I do it. When, uh, when, I, when you're watching, do you think of like how, oh, this could be a cool idea for a, for a song or a narrative in a way for the song? <laughs> or does, it, does that come later? I have, I keep a, a note on my phone that is extremely long. Gotcha. Which you probably can't see. And it's filled, it's filled with notes of from just that. If right. I hear something in a game or a movie or a show, or I think of something that comes up from watching a game, even if it's just like an idea or just like a, a term that I heard in the movie, you know, or something that I feel like I can circle back to. Mm-hmm. I keep the list of all that kind of, I, I, I actually, when I was going to write lyrics for the new record, that list is like the absolute godsend because I can go back to some of my ideas or some of the things spark of an idea and pull right from that list. And it comes right back to me, you know, just from that tiny list that I keep, but I definitely pull, you know, it, I pull straight from just about every type of media that I. But I, I think that that's, it's, it's always interesting to me to be able to sort of look at how people process and redirect the media that they consume into the shit that they create. Um, and it's definitely cool to find somebody else who's a big shit goes wrong in space fan. And then like, <laughs> Same thing with Lovecraft too, right? One of the things that I think about um, movie adaptations of his shit is that it's it's very difficult to pull off a good. I mean, it's impossible to pull off a 
good one. I don't mm-hmm. think uh, it's really. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't name one that was done to perfection. I mean, the you know you find we, you, the cool things happen in the attempt, like you know Reanimator and From mm-hmm. Beyond or whatever. Like those are fucking cool movies, but I feel like they stand they mm-hmm. stand better on their own rather than adaptations of anything Lovecraft material. Either. Once once they like Guillermo del Toro do at the Mountains of Madness, I have big hopes for that. Mm-hmm. I was well, just they, gonna say, yeah, that 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 could be it. It could be it. You That'd know, be like the Lord he's of done some great stuff. It's gonna be because he's so big into practical effects and stuff that it could be what you're waiting for. You know, so wait, is and this, you'd hope is this back on? I was under the impression that that had been called off. It's been on and off for I think a day. it has. Okay, okay. So this, no one knows. This man has been trying to get this this movie made. He's been trying to get this movie made for, you know, half my life. Crazy. It feels like it's, but like, it's a labor of love. You know, that if he did it, he would treat it with the utmost respect. Of course. Of course. Is it time? Huh? Is it time? I do believe that it's just about that time. It's just about that time. Austin, we have a question that we like to hit every, every one of our guests with at the end of this podcast. And, um, it's going to give you a second to mentally prepare for it. And sure, why don't you do the honor today? <laughs> I always do, my friend. Austin Haynes of Outer Heaven, what is your favorite Black Sabbath album? Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. It's, 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 that's a heavy question. And I have thought about this. You indulge me on this. I, I could break this one down. Please do. The, so let's see. Where, where would I start on this? I am a l- large fan of Tony Martin Sabbath. So yes! he- a, headless, a Headless Cross would be my big one. Headless Cross, if we're going to break it down into eras, I'll take a Tony Martin Headless Cross. I'll take a... Dio, Heaven and Hell. It's hard to say. It's hard I to suppose. say. I, it, it's the one I go back to. If yeah. you asked me, if I you take... made me choose today, I'd say Dehumanizer. But that could change tomorrow. That's the thing. It, it's, it depends on my mood. And yeah. then, you know, of the big ones, of the big one, the Sabotage. Probably. That's for. Go ahead. We used to we used to cover, we used to cover the symptoms of the universe intro. Way early on in the span, at like in at a live show. Fuck yeah! And we <laughs> did that for like a couple of shows just for the hell of it. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. a big question. There's so there's so much. There's I mean, a, there's no even, even the the people that that don't. The people that don't get their due, yeah. you know, like Tony Martin, they, even he, you know, was on multiple albums. Five fucking Sabbath You still have to choose yeah. between them. It's, you know, it's like, how do you choose? Headless Cross is always my go-to. It's really about my go-tos. Headless Cross is like any day Every, of the week. Strong. Except they don't, it, it's not on Every Spotify. Every single though. track on Headless Cross is a hit. 
Every single song on there is catchy as a motherfucker. Tony Martin is absolutely at the top of his mm. game. Dude, we are working our asses off to get Tony Martin on this fucking podcast. The a mission of this oh, podcast God. is to let everybody know about uh, the era Martin. Yes. Tony Martin era. Like we, we had uh we had Man, Greg a from a, like Go ahead. Go ahead. As I say, we had we had Greg, Greg you from, were Alleg- say from Allegiant. Yeah, Greg from Allegiant on a while back, and we were talking about Tear, um, and just how fucking like how slept on <laughs> the musicianship on those Tony Martin records is. I mean, it's that's a guy, Greg. He's a guy I know him well. I toured with Allegiant uh, before. They that's a guy who absolutely would appreciate Tony Martin era Sabbath stuff. He, you yeah, know. he does. He does. I don't know if I have a. I don't know if I have. Here it is. It's one of the. I don't know if he's. It's one of the very first tours I did. Chid Abiotic, a Legion, Rivers of Nile. That was a big, huge tour I did with the Legion way back in the Dude, day. That's fucking awesome. Those are cool guys, man. They're huge. Cool guys. Yeah. Cool guys. Incredible musicians. Yes. Oh yeah. Hey Tony Martin. We went through some. I've been. I've been through some shit with those guys, man. I'll hit you with uh, I'll hit you with one story here, uh, if if I could. Yeah, we, yeah, please. We had a we we did the debt tour. It was our very first or one of our very first full U.S. tours in Canada, and we did a show in Canada, Central Canada, somewhere. And we, this is back when we were still sleeping in the van, you know, no money early on in this, in the van's time. And we played a show in like central Canada. It was like fucking December. So it was like freezing cold. It was snowing. It's central Canada. And we decided to leave the show that night and we were just going to drive. Usually what we would do is we would drive for a few hours, find a rest stop to sleep in, and then just get up in the morning. Uh, we, it was so cold at that time in Canada that we were like, okay, we're going to get a hotel. It's too fucking cold to sleep in the van. So we're driving forever and ever across Canada and we're not seeing anything, no towns, no gas stations, nothing. And we're like, what the fuck? So we (laughs) finally find this random gas station in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it is the only, it's a single building in the middle of nothing. And we, we go into the gas station and we ask this kid who's working there. It's like 3 a.m yo is there like a town nearby or like a hotel or something and he said next town is like 30 miles down that way so we go we drive another 30 miles and we get into the town we go to four three four different hotels book solid everywhere you go understandably it's like the only fucking thing around yeah so we're we say all right fuck it keep driving so we're going to keep driving and we get to a point where it's about 5 a.m and we have to stop driving so we, we do find a rest area we say, okay, we're going to try to sleep in the van. It's got to be like below zero. Uh, and this van is like an old shitty van. There's no insulation, no anything. You can't leave it running. So we go and we're like, all right, everybody has the sleeping bag. That's like the Mount Everest fucking sleeping bag where only your face shows, you know, in a little <laughs> circle. And we, we all have our spots in the van, three in the back, one on the bench, one on the floor, one in the front. And we're all laying there in the van and Every, I hear everybody just going like, like their teeth are chattering. Nobody can fall asleep. We're going to die. Like if we sleep here. <laughs> and that for, we do that for about an, about an hour or so. And 
this truck pulls into the rest stop next to us and it's hauling pigs and there's pigs screeching in this fucking thing <laughs> next to us in the middle of the night. They're going wee wee in the fucking thing. It's like, it sounds like the gates of hell. We're literally like <laughs> contemplating like what, how our lives got here. And we're like, I'm like, okay, like, fuck it. Like, fuck this. I jumped up. I got in the front. I'm like, I'm just going to keep driving. We just need to run the heat. It's too goddamn cold. Nobody is sleeping. People are like about to die. So we drive till about 8 a.m. And then it's like warmed up. And we get to a mall, we kill time. We get to the show the next day and I'm telling the story to some local kids from the, from the area at that show the next day. And they say, oh yeah, that's a terrible idea. You shouldn't do that. That's road, blah, blah, blah. They find people dead on the side of the road there all the time. Their cars broke down. They die in the middle of the night from frostbite. Like what the hell? You know, we can't do this. This shit is fucking crazy. I've never been to a crazier place than fucking central Canada. There's no gas stations there's no hotels there's nothing it's lawless out there it's the fucking wild west man i yeah you when you say you're like alone (laughs) on a highway in central canada it makes me think of like fucking grizzly bears and all kinds of other you know being a fucking ignorant southerner i don't know shit about central canada but i know it's big and i know it's empty it is and it's fucking nothing there's absolutely that's fucking that is uh (laughs) i'm glad you survived (laughs) that's the that's the memory I the memory I keep that relates to my tour with the Legion uh, many years Outer ago. heaven made stronger. Thank you for sharing with us, bro. Yes, sir. You're awesome, man. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, both big fans. Can't wait to hear the new record. Definitely even way more stoked about it now uh, after talking to you. Um, best of luck with whatever's coming up in the future, dude. We hope to hear that covers EP. Uh, hope to hear the covers EP soon. Hope to hear that record by the end of the year. That would be fucking awesome. Um, Fingers crossed. But uh, one way or another, man, hope we hope we get to run into you on the road and you are welcome back on the show anytime. Absolutely. Great. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Right, Thank bro. you, man. Have a good one. We'll talk soon. Take it easy. See you guys later. Yes, sir. What? What? What a good dude. What a good dude. Awesome. I love it. I got uh, another shit goes wrong in space, brother. That makes yeah, me man. happy, man. I feel like we've, we've bonded. I like their music or his music a lot more after that conversation, just knowing what he puts into it, knowing he's a fellow nerd like us, takes notes on movies and shit. Like, like I like the narrative. I like where his head's at. I like this guy. I just Isn't didn't. that cool? Isn't that cool how that happened? Like, every conversation yeah. we have with somebody on here, I, like, I get amped up beforehand, sort of going back and listening to their shit, especially if I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah. But then afterwards, I always come out with, like, a totally different appreciation for it. Like, Definitely, man. It's awesome. If, if nothing else, if nobody ever listens to this motherfucker, me and you are getting a new and deeper take on the shit that we already like. And I'd like to think that at least five more people have listened to Tony Martin records because of us. I would like to think so too. One of these days we're going to get him on here and we're going to talk about it. It's a thing. We've been been trying relentlessly. (sighs) What's he doing? Come on, Tony. Yeah. I don't know what he, like, I'm sure that like he does like European festivals and shit, but like nothing's nothing's happening right now. He's gotta just be sort of kicking it at the house. I wonder what Tony Martin's house is like. We've got to we've gotta put the pedal in down. We got we gotta we gotta get Tony Martin on the show. We need to figure out who his like publicist is or something. I feel like he just doesn't respond to like personal messages. 
that's the new that's the new mission we're going to figure it out you all heard it here we'll see you soon operation get tony martin tony the cat all right man you and i are going to talk again on sunday morning about motherfucking volume four as always it is fun it has been a great fucking day it is looking swole staying swole enjoy that weather up there you too take it easy my brother talk to you soon yes sir peace out